Hey there, and welcome to Shadow Facts. That's facts as in horse treat-sized pieces of information, a podcast about Lord of the Rings. But only the horse parts. I'm Joey. And I'm Caitlin. And And this this is is our our oath. We vow to discuss every horse mentioned or visible in both the Lord of the Rings books and film adaptations, and we do mean every. We vow to rank every horse mentioned above. We vow to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses, live on the pod. And last but not least, we vow to answer the call of Gondor when the beacon is lit. By which we mean, answer your questions about Lord of the Rings horses to the best of our ability. special guest episode i'm caitlin my pronouns are they them and i'm joey and my pronouns are they he and i am very excited today because we have um a special guest here on this gender centric episode of lord of the genders shadow facts we have rain (laughs) at small small witch on twitter.com a very talented artist and podcast person who is here to get into the good stuff with us. Hello, Rain. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm Rain. My pronouns are they, them. Awesome. We, I just feel like just as like a little appetizer of like where our headspaces are at today, we did have a very important conversation off mic about whether or not Aragorn uses chapstick. There was (laughs) um, a variety of opinions. Please tell us what you think. Tweet us at Shadowfax. Does Aragorn use chapstick? (laughs) Yes, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so gender. Gender. So gender. <laughs> and Lord of the Rings. Gender Lord in the... Lord of the Rings. Lord gender of the genders. Because of Lord of the Rings. Did Lord of the Rings make you trans? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but hitting things with sticks factored, like, very high into my youth. Yeah. Um, mm. So I will definitely say that, like, it didn't hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of my my feelings about Lord of the Rings are just like about very specific parts rather than like all of it as a series, which I don't yeah. I don't know if that's relatable to the two of you. Um but just like very specific moments of uh personal interaction or um like especially the beginning of fellowship is like my favorite. Yes. I have reread and like re-listened to that chunk of fellowship so many times. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so homey and good. Yes, yeah. It's like it feels like a completely separate thing from the rest of the series and like I would read a trilogy of like just like hobbits being kind to each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I want 
yes, I want so much slice of life Hobbiton stuff. Like, I want Great British Bake Off in Hobbiton. I want the, like, cozy mystery, which is about, like, who stole who stole so-and-so's favorite scone plate. Like, <laughs> mm, I would read or okay. watch that. I would imbibe yeah. that media. Please give it to me. When you're talking about these, like, moments that you like, are they, like, moments of, like, favoritism? Like, I, I really enjoyed this. Or is it, like, those lightning rod moments of, like, oh, that's me. That's me in a movie. I don't know that I actually ever really saw myself, like, a reflection of myself in Lord of the Rings. It was just, like, I felt like I was looking at, like, a really, really perfect little diorama, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was more that, like, I wanted to, like, see and, like, play around in this space and, like, create things similar but, like, more me after seeing this. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, I don't know, like, you know the, uh, like, dioramas in, like, a museum or something? And you see, like, I don't know, like, a caveman or an extinct animal or (laughs) something and then, like, you have to go home and recreate it. It's, like, that kind of feeling. Um, Like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see myself in there, but it made me want to make a little world where I did see myself in it. Wow, Mm -hmm. I I really love the description of dioramas, both because I feel like that captures it so well, and I also love that because so much of the actual physical sets of Lord of the Rings, like, are these really, like, painstakingly crafted miniatures. Like, that's very satisfying. So many of my favorite parts take place in, like, you know, the hyper-specific, like, okay, now we're in Bree, now we're in, you know, the forest, now we're in, like, the Wraith Hole, and, all, like, <laughs> they could be Lego sets, yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, like, the landscape and, like, physical setting, like, Tolkien pays so much attention to it, right? And it is, like, I don't, I mean, it's so much of the the character of those scenes is like where they happen yeah well and i feel like this gets a a thing a larger thing that i love about i guess i was thinking fantasy but also about sci-fi um about about genre fiction which is like i love the minute details of like what do people wear how do you like dress yourselves how do you feed yourselves like those little like mundane details of day-to-day life are just like i just wanna know like how do you make bread here yeah like I would love a journal, like to read a journal in the day of a life of a regular hobbit or like someone in Gondor or anything like that. Just like, what do you, what do you do when you wake up? How does your day go? What happens when your shoe breaks? (laughs) Tell me that stuff. Mm -hmm. What is your sock situation? What is going on down there? Oh yeah, man. Who makes the socks? Who makes those socks? Who makes my socks? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. I don't know. What what would you change about Lord of the Rings that would make it your perfect little diorama? Um, I would like add some women. <laughs> God, yeah. please, any women. I would I would add like more than three. Like, yeah, there's some in there, but I would add at least ten more. <laughs> I would just yeah. love to see like some some different kinds of characters, <laughs> some some a little bit of diversity. Uh, but. Oh, man. Oh, like, more female dwarves? Female dwarves at all? At all, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about female would, dwarves a lot. It would be cool <laughs> to get into the double digits of women. That would be, yeah. I, like, I don't think it's asking for a lot. Um, you know, yeah. trans people obviously goes without saying. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, yeah. also, like, more scenes about cooking yeah. and eating. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the books, interestingly, yeah. the books do in some ways focus on that a little more. Like, there's some really great, like, Redwall-esque depictions of the little traveling feasts that they eat, and they always fill me with, like, primal satisfaction. Oh, yeah, they're super like, good. yes, tell me mm-hmm. about your hard cheeses! <laughs> your crusted breads! Mm-hmm. Yes! Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want, like, 30 more of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like part of what we talked about, like with Molly, you know, way back when it feels like ages ago now, um, was sort of like the like Sam's focus and Hobbit life in general. And like, that's, I think the that framework through which like Sam sort of sees the world and approaches things is like the thing that feels the most rewarding and also like like the future, like Molly talked about Sam sort of being the future of the world. Um, and I'm start crying. <laughs> and I want, yeah, I, I mean, like his focus on food and nurturing and gardening and taking care of people and growing things um, feels so good and real. And um, more of that would be great, you know? I heartily agree. Yeah, Sam is Sam is the like ubiquitous. Maybe ubiquitous is not a fair word, but Sam is the like queer desire to like start a commune with your friends and like bake bread and garden together. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Just like living living near your friends, taking care of each other, just like having having those close interpersonal relationships and like Hobbiton that is sweet a co-op. Co- it's There's not nearly enough arguments <laughs> for it to be clear. Yeah. No, no I mean, you know, you have the Sackville Baggins and the, you know, yeah, there's true. some drama that's there. True. I've also been thinking just in the last couple of days about like hobbits don't have human gender. And like Tolkien, you know, uses gendered pronouns for them, right? But like in in Tolkien's world, like humans are men and women but and and i think you know he he may i don't know if he uses like female and male for some of the other peoples but like it feels like there's a lot of room for more exploration there and i think it's part of what appeals to me about hobbits is that like especially like you know the hobbit characters we know and i think this is where i most see my own gender reflected is that they are you know somewhat masculine but aren't men Mm. um Mm. and like tolkien doesn't delve into that at all i think for most people reading it they're like oh yeah hobbit men and hobbit women but but that's not actually like super explicit and it is i don't know it would be interesting to have more exploration of like gender in hobbits can look really different than gender in humans or in elves or in dwarves. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of like textual support for this, but there is an interesting idea, which is that like, you know, the runes, the runes on the title page of Mm -hmm. like every edition of Lord of the Rings say like, this is a translation. Mm -hmm. And so words have been changed to like, for the yeah, comfort of exactly. your reader. Like, Frodo's name isn't actually Frodo. Frodo's name is something else, and Frodo is, like, the, like, English approximation. Yeah. And so I, I don't think that, like I said, I don't think there's any, like, textual evidence, but I do think it's really interesting to speculate on 
like how much of these stories and like peoples and their cultures like have been flattened for it to be like easily parsable to like us the modern english reader yeah because you know you know like elves have got to have interesting gender stuff going on absolutely yeah a hundred percent and like in ancillary justice like there's that line about like oh yeah like she is is really just like a stand-in translation of this pronoun that's you know used for everyone and so yeah i think you can like kind of interpret tolkien's writing similarly even if that was not his intention yeah i don't, I don't no, know that but it doesn't matter to me like i don't i don't care exactly yeah <laughs> I know. Yes. This reminds me of like the thing we see on Twitter all the time, which is we live in a particular like wonderful little like very, very gay and queer like corner of Lord of the Rings internet where people are like, yes, of course. And occasionally see glimpses of people being like, the Frodo isn't gay and there's no textual blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, number one, I don't think your reading comprehension is great because there definitely is. And number two, like, fuck you. They're fictional characters. Like, (laughs) I don't know how to tell you this, my guy. Yeah. I don't know. I had a moment a few weeks ago where I was just like, it's, it's queer because it's queer. Like, and I don't know how to explain that anymore. Really. It just, it is what it is. (laughs) Regardless of Tolkien's intentions. I think like reading it today, like that's just what it, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think there's something interesting there about, like, obviously, like, queer people who have always existed, like, read themselves into the fiction that they read, like, whether, like, we are represented or not. But there is something about, like, how many people have wound up here and feel similarly about it. Like, there's some sort of, like, kind of inherent gravity there. And we also talked about on a, a recent episode that, like, it feels that Tolkien, in some of the way that he writes, like, these kind of trauma-bonded male friendships is, like, recreating relationships that he saw or maybe experienced, like, in wartime that he might not necessarily have known or called queer, but feel pretty queer. Yeah, like, there, yeah, he would absolutely have been, like, witnessing relationships between men that are reflected, I think, in the way he writes Frodo and Sam, like, and however he conceptualized them in his head, like, I think he was witnessing love and wrote about love. And that's, yeah, I don't know. Frodo and Sam and Gimli and Legolas are like my two. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing like the chef Boyardee hands, I call it. (laughs) The chef's kiss. Um, Those are... Those are my ideals. I like those mm-hmm. ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that, um, I'm always curious about like how people ship and like headcanon characters now versus, cause for, I feel like for most of us, Lord of the Rings has like been around since we were like young. Like, is that how you felt when you were younger too? I have some like really, uh, deer in the headlights photos of me with like a comforter <laughs> over my head after going to see one of the movies in theaters and I'm like in my friend's basement in middle school and she has like cutouts of all four of the hobbits and we're all just like clustered around them and it's like oh I, I believe it was um a disposable camera and so it's like 
got that really good like flash like green yeah. green eye like we all look like Gollum standing by <laughs> behind the cutouts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been around. <laughs> it's been a prominent yeah. uh, thing in my life for a while now. Um, I feel like looking back, I could oh, I I was always aware of um, the, just like the the relationship between Frodo and Sam because my friends, even at like that age, were just like, are you seeing this? Look at this. Look at these two beautiful hobbits. Um, and so I was just like, I see. I see it. Yes. Oh, I, oh, I see. I am looking respectfully. Yeah, and just respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was definitely like, I think I was, I really enjoyed how like distant and unattainable Legolas was. And it wasn't, like, mm. so much of a crush as just, like, a I want what I can never have kind of situation. Yeah, it's the, like, aesthetic appreciation of, like, the mean bitch, you know? Yes. Like, the cool bitch. Yes. like Which is very much, like, Legolas's archetype. Um, but now, like, now looking, looking in on it, I feel much more, like, I don't know if Aragorn and Pippin had some sort of, like, horrible child. Like, that would be me, maybe. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, like, I don't know if anyone ships that. They probably shouldn't. It seems like you'd get put on a list or something, maybe. Yeah, what, like, what are your, what are your Aragorn qualities and what are your Pippin qualities? <laughs> um, my terrible, Air- my terrible Aragorn attention. Sun, Pippin rising. <laughs> um, Aragorn would be my love of, like, boots and, like, long, like, flappy coat thingies. Oh, uh, um, yeah getting upset about stuff and liking to hide in corners. Mm. Mm-hmm. My Pippin stuff would be um, just, like, wanting to eat little snacks all the time. I'm not really, like, a big meal person, so I feel like that would be, like, a little half and half right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I do want to eat several meals, just tiny ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, preferably out of, like, a, a scrap of fabric, like, in my pocket. Yes. You know? I, yeah, I have a, a filing cabinet at work. That I keep snacks in. Um, there's like, there's also files in there. But <laughs> if you know where to look, there's also snacks. snacks. Like, can you? Like, <laughs> yeah, you have alphabetized through snacks to get to ask. in your filing cabinet. <laughs> no, they're just like hidden in the back. But I should file. I don't know if they'd fit. Honestly, okay. it's kind of a lot of snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work um, at a farm doing. Um, you know, like farm labor stuff. And I would always be very, you know, I that, that's a job that I have and know very well. So I can obviously describe it as farm labor. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that legitimately really got me. Um, and I never wanted to, I was like the only person who worked there. And so I would like ride the tractor, like from the house, like out to the field and work. And I didn't necessarily like have time or like want to like walk my ass all the way back to the place for like if I got hungry and so I had a jacket that I would always wear and I would just have unfortunately like not in a wrapper or even in a cute little like scrap of cloth I would just have like handfuls of beef jerky in there because I'd get hungry because I was working really hard and just eat beef jerky out of my pocket during the day which is kind of gross but was also really satisfying. That sounds amazing. I'm like it's dried meat that's fine. It's also, fine. Pocketland is a textural experience. Has beef jerky in his pockets. Oh yeah, several. 
I feel like, there, okay, there's two different types of pocket people, <laughs> right? There's, like, I have copious, I like, I have big pockets and things just get, like, tossed and they're, like, mm-hmm. a magic trick. And then there's, like, I have specifically sewn shaped little pockets for each thing I might need. And I kind of feel like Aragorn is the latter. Mm. And so, like, he has a specific beef jerkit pocket. Po- pocket. <laughs> beef jerky pocket. <laughs> jerky pocket. <laughs> jerky pocket would be good. That'd be so savory. Yeah. I, I do think he would have little sewn pockets for all of that. It just sounds yeah. perfect. Right? I Like, I would hear an argument for copious pocket Aragorn, but I really feel like he's, they're, mm-hmm. they're specialized. You can't have big jangly pockets when you're sneaking around. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. a great point. Cargo pants are not One, for sneaking. No. <laughs> who's, who's the cargo pants wearer? Gimli. Gimli? Yeah. Also, okay, imagine, but, like, imagine Arwen, like, 90s Arwen, in, like, a, like, a cropped tank and cargo pants. I mean, that's just Her, Liv Tyler yeah. in the 90s, but, um. <laughs> she would wear cargo pants, but the pockets would be empty. Gimli would wear cargo pants, and they would, every single pocket would be completely full of random, loose bullshit and he would sound like a toolbox shaking when he ran. Yeah, oh, it would just he would be have horrible. so many different yeah. little like multi tools. Also, he'd have a wallet chain. <laughs> Gimli and Aragorn swapping beef jerky from their beef jerky <laughs> pockets. Aragorn's is like perfectly full, as Gimli's is like covered in lint, and there's like metal shavings stuck to the outside of it. Too stuck to it, exactly. It's wet. I feel like it would be like a whole emotional journey for Legolas accepting that his boyfriend wears cargo pants. Like at first he would be like kind of self-conscious about it and but I think in time he would grow to love them and find them very sexually stimulating. I feel like he would have to grow to love them because he would eventually talk Gimli into wearing skinnier jeans, see how that looked and then go never mind. <laughs> back to back to cargo pants. Like you knew what you were doing. Jeans, but also Legolas would start finding a really useful for Gimli to like carry his stuff like like yeah because he's got such a like his his clothes have such a slim profile that like he can't carry his own beef yeah he's always like babe hold my or phone. his elf or his <laughs> elf babe, chapstick like Gimli absolutely puts Legolas's elf chapstick in one of his pockets and then has to like fish it out amongst all the other hardware oh in there God. anytime Legolas needs it Legolas and Gimli swapping hair care tips because, like, I feel like Gimli and dwarves especially would be really into, like, the beard care with, like, all the little specialized brushes and, like, the oils and stuff and, like, swapping that with, like, beautiful, luxurious mm. elf hair. Like, what can what can we learn from each other here? <laughs> what oils are you using? <laughs> yeah. Um, Rain, we did not ask you at the beginning. I mean, you talked a little bit about your background with Lord of the Rings, but I am curious, like... Did you read the books before watching the movies? Like, what was your your introduction to Lord of the Rings? And also, do you have a horse girl past? Oh, man. Or present? Um, <laughs> this, I, I, I believe I... I <laughs> oh, man. Don't kick me off the call. I'm afraid of horses. Okay, that's, that's um, acceptable. I... I do, I do have a damning DM from Rain about horse fear. <laughs> yes. Uh, it has long been my stance that they are cars with bad attitudes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm respectfully afraid of them. I know that they can kill me and I just stay in my lane and don't go near yeah. them. Um, 
as to my history with Lord of the Rings, actually, I do believe I've been on a horse once. I'm thinking maybe once at a camp, but I'm pretty sure I blocked it Was out. Was it a transcended yeah. experience I for you? I think I just like shut it out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, this thing's big and I can feel that it wants to kill me and it would have every right to. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what you said in in our, like, initial DMs is you were like, I'm pretty sure horses want to kill me. And I was like, yes, and I respect <laughs> them for that. <laughs> They're just, yeah, I don't know how tall either of you are, but um, I'm 5'3", mm. so a horse could just stomp me like nothing. Yeah, we're like 5'8". Yeah. We're both tall. So I am 5'9", thank you. <laughs> not to, no. like, marry and okay. pip in this, but, like, I am 5'9". not taller than me. <laughs> respect the I know inch. I'm saying therefore you are 59 too. We were very we... <laughs> Look, I would love to be 59. I have marks on the kitchen wall. Recent ones. <laughs> I am at least 58 and Okay, this is okay. this is just evolving into um, a Lord of the Rings bit, but I am at least 58 mm, and 3 quarters. Okay. <laughs> uh anyways, Lord of the Rings. I have to believe that I probably saw the movie first and then immediately tried reading the books because I was like, I've always been that kind of person where like, if I know something is based on a book, I want to read the book Mm -hmm. because I want to be the person like annoying everyone else furiously whispering during the movie that that's not how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, just only slightly relatable to me personally. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Just a little bit of an asshole about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones was not fun to watch with me. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Game of Thrones was not fun for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I stopped watching that pretty quick. Yeah. At this point in my life, um, I've read the book a couple of times. I've read the first part of Fellowship so many times mm-hmm. because that's just like a bowl of warm mashed potatoes to mm-hmm. read. Um, I love that chunk of the book. It's so good. Yeah. I tried to read the similar... Choking on my Midwestern accent. Tried to read... The Cimmerillion, and I got head hurdy and stopped. Um, that was like seven or eight years ago, though, so maybe I should try again. Mm-hmm. I'll probably fall asleep, though, Yeah, <laughs> if I remember it correctly. Neither of us have read it, yeah, so... Yeah, interestingly, yeah, we haven't really delved into... Extended canon is not the correct <laughs> word, but, you know, he's he's written a lot about his world, and we have not really ventured beyond the hobbit and the not trilogy the lord of the rings right oh very insisted it's not a trilogy and i've uh of course read the hobbit numerous times Mm -hmm. i have a nice oh man i wonder where it is i should have like pulled it out before i started recording i have a nice illustrated copy of the hobbit oh is it the like leather bound one no it's not that nice (laughs) but it it's i guess an okay illustrated copy of the hobbit (laughs) oh no I don't have nice copies of books because I don't have nice copies of books. <laughs> so I do want to bring us back to like kind of gender specific yeah. Lord of the Rings stuff. I would love to hear who you feel like is good approximations of your gender in Lord of the Rings or like how you understand the genders of Lord of the Rings characters. Oh man. Gender is... Let me just give you the biggest open-ended question. Yeah, gender is so big and you're just like, welcome to my sandbox question. Mm-hmm. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to my diorama. Have fun. (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to think of who I would say is, like, closest to my gender. 
probably like one of the background elves that like sets the table mm. in Riv- mm. in Rivendell. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. whoever delivers the mail <laughs> in Hobbiton. Like, oh my god, I want to be the Hobbiton post officer so bad. Same, yeah. It's like the busiest day of the year was Bilbo's, <laughs> like the week of Bilbo's birthday. That's it. Oh, God. And you know, half of those packages are, like, baked goods wrapped up in craft paper. Mm. Like, come on. I have a big roll of craft paper in my car right now. <laughs> I love craft paper. Me we too! Don't we, 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 we don't need to get into it, but I do love craft paper. Uh, it's the best of the papers. Um, I was talking to someone just the other day about how, like, I find twine weirdly enthralling. Mm. <laughs> like, you give me some craft mm-hmm. paper, you give me mm-hmm. some twine, I will be happy. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so apparently Rain has just held a held a, a spool of twine up to the camera, so I, I think we can I have nice genders are twine people. <laughs> god damn it. Wait, I had a, a whole bit on um the most recent They Them There's recording where I just started like talking about this good piece of string mm. that I was fidgeting with while we were recording. And earlier in the show I had also talked about like some good tape. So yeah, I think I need to just start like an office supply podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. These, yeah, that's that's my gender is whoever is delivering the mail. Um, also, Radagast a little bit though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I. Yeah, I really like Radagast. I know that like his depiction has been pretty radically different <laughs> across like the book and the movie. But I really enjoyed, especially, like, his house in the movie. It's just, like, it was really great. It was a very witchy house. I have kind of dim memories of The Hobbit. But, yeah, I feel like I feel like they do, those movies visually do, like, lived-in spaces really well. Because, like, it's all about clutter, which I personally love. Yes. <laughs> I'm nodding vigorously and, like, looking at all three of our video backgrounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we like things yes. <laughs> this is like the least cluttered yeah. background in my room <laughs> there's a whole shelf of treasures my... over there there's a dresser yeah joey and i treasures. both have rock shelves in our house not for like crystals just for like oh that's a cool rock i've got a bottle shelf and some cool rocks all over the place oh, yeah. <laughs> to the right oh, of yeah. me <laughs> also like shelves she- uh, shelves and leaves and pine cones and little oh, ceramic yeah. things and a piece of driftwood and <laughs> yeah yeah oh, all the yeah. all the stuff that's gender my gender is that when i was a child like once a week my mom would send me back to my daycare with a bag of rocks that i had taken from the daycare <laughs> playground and had to return them once a week so that's my gender oh, man. my gender is a a small fake plastic gem that I stole from a children's <gasps> museum as a child and then had yeah. <laughs> had nightmare guilt about for six years until I returned. <laughs> oh my god. I stole these like beads in first grade from like the tub of beads that we were using for like sorting and counting things. And I returned them like a week later because I could not handle the guilt. And it was just, it was like three like little plastic beads, but one of them was like shaped like a shell and sort of pearlescent. And I don't remember what the other two looked like, but they were very beautiful and I wanted them, but I felt so bad for taking them. I mean, that's very, that's very hobbity. We know hobbits have a, you know, 
a little bit of a thieving streak. I feel like I was much more of like a conman than a thief in my childhood. Mine was not as much mm-hmm. about taking things. It was much about like getting people to give me mm. their things. Like I would sell those cool rocks from the daycare to other kids for like 25 cents or like I used to give people tattoos for 25 cents. Me too! So would, they would pick a gel pen color and I would color it on the star of the five star little like pencil box and then press their skin into it for tattoo. You owe me 25 cents now. Whoa! That's a way cleaner operation than I had going which was just I had, I had drawn so I had a flash sheet of gel pen tattoos. <laughs> And then they could pick. That's so cool. They could pick, you know, do you remember how to draw that really good tulip where you do like the spiral and then a U and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, a rose, yeah, a rose, yeah, yeah. not a tulip, excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. It was like that and like, I believe like a snake in a spiral. Um, oh my God. Do you still have your like flash sheet? I probably do. I have um, a disgusting amount of childhood sketchbooks. That's, yeah. that's I a mean, scene in the making. Just get those as yeah. tattoos now is the thing. Like, I, okay, like, one of my tattoos is a drawing of a bird I did when I was, like, three years old. That rules. I love that. And it has... Yeah. I definitely Mine couldn't... was a scam because I didn't have the artistic talent. I drew lots of horses very mm. poorly, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm sure that the horse that you would draw then is exactly the same horse I would draw now. <laughs> yeah, I remember being very excited because at one point, I think I, like, got one of those, like, how to draw mm-hmm. horses books from the library, which are, like, way, that's, like, anatomically, that's, like, you know, I, I needed, I needed something <laughs> like this, and they, I, it was, yeah. like, too much. But I, my favorite part of drawing horses was drawing, like, the, like, the cheek, mm. like, the big mm-hmm. round swell of the cheek. And I was just, like, this is my jam. This is my <laughs> calling. I'm an artist <laughs> now. That's how I felt about, um the m-shaped anime bangs and then you you draw the little Mm. swoops underneath so that you can tell the hair is folding over Uh yeah i drew those and i was like baby (laughs) it was like well this is it forever (laughs) here i am now wow um where were we gender yeah (laughs) this is exactly like my podcast Mm. (laughs) gender i hardly know her do you have any, like, <laughs> sorry, like, so like, we've talked pretty extensively on the podcast about how Faramir is definitely trans. I'm like any character, it can be trans, like I'm, you know, I'm into it all. But Faramir, especially like, especially the, um, you know, film depiction, like there's obviously like a trans narrative happening there. But like, do you have, yeah, I don't know, your own like gender headcanons for characters? Oh, Trying to think of any that aren't very common ships. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like staring into the... No, I just have, I have okay. a timeline of Frodo's life open. And I keep staring at death of Frodo's parents. Oh, God. Yeah. They don't not look at that. Grim. Poor Primula. Poor Drogo. Um, Primula. Such what a... is going on with Hobbit names? They're really interesting. I'm Primula now. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, any, any one specific thing. I think about, I think about Gimli and Legolas all the time. I think about Sam and Rosie being married, but Sam just spending, like, a bewildering amount of time over at Frodo's doing, like, absolutely anything and everything. Like, 
I kind of imagine that as like a three person relationship. Yeah. Sam is mm-hmm. Sam is Frodo's I mean, Sam is Rosie's husband. Mm-hmm. But Sam is Frodo's wife. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes, you are yeah. you are onto something here. <laughs> yeah. I really had to like close my eyes and like visually yeah. picture it to say it correctly. Yeah. Um but that's yeah. That's the relationship I imagine for that. It's very satisfying to think about, to think about, like, Frodo and Rosie, like, in the kitchen at Bag End, like, having a cup of tea and talking about Sam. Yeah, right? It's nice. Yeah. Like, he's outside working in the garden or something, and they're in the kitchen. It just works. Yeah. 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 I think that Frodo needs, like, definitely more than one person to take care of him. Yeah. He, he goes through a lot and he just needs to be he just needs to be cared for (laughs) tbh like please someone take care of that boy someone needs to just hold him (laughs) yeah 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 he's not my favorite boy but he is an okay boy and deserves he deserves kindness (laughs) yeah yeah we've talked about this a little bit in the context of the movies where his Obviously, like, what's going on in his mind and his feelings are, like, a little more opaque to us than in the books. But, yeah, sometimes he is difficult to to relate to just because he's going through something that is so far beyond um, what we've experienced. I feel like in the books, Frodo is such a um, subtlety is for cowards motherfucker. Like, specifically, how he's always, like muttering under his breath what he's feeling he's always the the, like external monologue that frodo does is so funny to me and the fact that all of his friends are like well you're always muttering shit like oh when i leave this valley one day yeah (laughs) yeah i really relate to the the thing about frodo which is that like he he is in some ways easier to read to the people around him than he is to himself he doesn't mm. even know that he's doing these things and everyone yeah. else is like, yeah. we hear you. You're talking out loud. Yeah. Or yeah, or even even if you didn't say it, like, I know you and I know how you think and I know how you feel. And so this is an obvious conclusion to me, even though it is a goddamn mystery to you. <laughs> he's yeah. so confused by his own feelings. Yeah. Which mood? Yeah. They're bad to have sometimes. I had felt, I mean, you know, I have said on... Um, the pod in the past that I uh, often feel frustrated with Legolas' depiction of Frodo. Um, I will say rereading the book has made Frodo grow on me again. Like I was a little bit of a Frodo hater for a while and I, he's still early pod. not my favorite character, but there's a lot more that I appreciate now than I did when I started this project. <laughs> He's definitely not my favorite. Sam is my favorite, just yeah. as like yeah. he's so he's so put upon, and he everyone knows why any anyone would say Sam's their favorite. Yeah. He's great. I don't have to yeah. go into that. Um, but yeah. Frodo has grown on me. The more I think about, like, well, if I had to do that shit, I would be horrible to deal with. Right. <laughs> like my friends wouldn't stick around if I had to do that. Yeah, I feel like I've had like weirdly the opposite, like. I think when I was younger, I was 
somewhat embarrassed by Sam because of his earnestness. You know, it's like, oh no, like he's sincere. Like, I c- that's the scariest thing in the world. I hate him. He's embarrassing. Oh my gosh. And I yeah. like Frodo because I am a piece of shit who loves like a self-sacrificing hero figure. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, in adulthood and very much in this like, in the course of Shadow Facts, I just, I care for Sam so deeply. Yeah. As I've grown older, I've quickly realized that being sincere is the coolest thing you can do. But yeah, I totally, I totally feel what you're saying. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that, that, that's like extreme. Like that is my medical, middle, middle school self coming out of like sincerity. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Ugh, no one can know my feelings. I'll get laughed at. <laughs> I'm the only one with feelings. They, can, They'll, they can't, they can't know. know that I have feelings. <laughs> Me nonetheless. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot of on Twitter, uh, like trans Frodo, which I didn't kind of naturally occur to me, but I do like. Ooh, trans in what direction? Trans kind of like soft mask Frodo, like the way that he dresses, mm. his tenderness. Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. I think there are a lot of, yeah, non-binary and trans mask people who, you know, I find it very easy to project onto Frodo. And then, of course, it's like, oh, yeah, that's I'm trans. Frodo is trans. Yep. <laughs> it makes sense. It just makes sense. I've, so- I've solved your riddle. Actually, yeah, the whole like moving away from your family to go live with your wacky uncle when you're young. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that's like, yeah, that's I where didn't... I see it the most is like, oh, yeah. Go live with gay uncle Bilbo. Yeah, Frodo, it, Frodo's, yeah, exactly. the, Frodo's oh the, the young the young gay cousin. It's like, go live with your weird gay uncle. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, textually, like, throughout, like, Frodo has this thing where, like, Frodo, in, like, some ways that people can't always pinpoint, like, Frodo is different from the other hobbits around him and feels different and, and doesn't understand why. And that is a very, like... That yeah. that's a that is a trans narrative. Frodo yeah. feels a, a calling, a yearning that the others around him do not. They're yeah, like, and then we I- don't we don't feel this feeling. <laughs> yearning is a gender, like specifically. I'm thinking about like Eowyn's yearning, like mm. that to me feels so like relatable because it's not yearning for a specific person. I mean, there is that obviously with Aragorn, but like. Eowyn's yearning for like things to be different and for like her to be different like like that that is that is gender like that is such a relatable feeling yearning for something that like everyone around you in your culture has told you that like you you cannot do that is not done but you're like I'm pretty sure it is because it feels like every light in my heart going off so (laughs) yeah every light in my heart please I'm so tender (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, like, it takes me back to, I'm about to reveal a deeply embarrassing fact about myself that I don't think I've talked about on the podcast before, but it, like, reminds me of being, uh, like, a, a young teen taking horse riding lessons, and, like, I loved horseback riding, one, because I loved horses, but also because I felt like there was many things that appealed to me about the aesthetics of horseback riding. Like I loved the knee high boots because they felt like something out of fantasy. And I have like, I have such specific memories of like warming up in the arena, like by myself and I did dressage. So I had a little riding crop and like 
absolutely like tearing around the arena pretending that my riding crop was a sword. Yes. That's so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. also on that like yearning with Eowyn, like yearning for this, like it feels like everyone else around you like is just okay with like what their life is and like not understanding like why you don't your dissatisfaction okay and like people are like no you like you're fine like this is just you know you'll grow out of it or you'll i i don't know whatever like and and feeling like like what is wrong with like what why can't i be satisfied the way these people around me are yeah that unknown discomfort yeah yeah and that's mirrored really interestingly like like there aren't other there aren't other women like there is something to be said there for like Eowyn feels like she needs a thing that she either, like, doesn't understand or, like, doesn't match up with, like, what the people around her are telling her she needs. And there's no one, there's no one around her that she can point to and be, and say, like, like that. Because there aren't, there just aren't. Like, there's no other, like, women in the court. There's no other women with swords. And so that, that feels like a part of that is that she has no... Role model isn't the word I'm looking for, but something something to, like, reflect back at her, like, what she wants herself to be, you know? Yeah. Oh, she's so lonely. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> so lonely. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> no one to relate to. Man, I do really want dwarf gender stuff. Like, Gimli cracks a joke about, like, not being able to tell who dwarf women are. And someone else, oh, or Aragorn says, because of the beards, which is very much, like, played as a laugh. But, like, please tell me more about that. I I read that as, like, dead serious. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, in the movie, it's very much played for comedy. And I don't remember what we actually get of that in I don't the book. I don't think that line exists. Is that a line in the book at I don't, all? Like do we I don't think so. maybe it's a maybe it's a so. thing that we haven't read yet, but the, I feel like we definitely would have picked up on that if it was a Yeah. even a like a contextual line in the book and I don't think Yeah. it is. I would love to see a day in the life of a dwarf <laughs> a dwarf woman or just like anyone who didn't work in the mines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel like this is where, like, my love of the appendices comes in because the design ethos of, like, the sets and costumes in that movie is very much, like, it's it's partially, like, what would look cool, but it's also, like, what would the, like, day-to-day practicalities of people lives, people's lives be and how would that influence how it looks Mm. and so i just love Mm -hmm. like hours and hours of them talking about like oh dwarves like dwarf patterns would look like this because of the tools that they're using which would encourage these like sharp and stuff like that and i'm just like yes 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 that stuff rules i want a whole like context and making of like eowyn's wicker backpack now i love i love that wicker backpack which shout out to did you both see the art from Rosie that yeah that Rosie did of Aowen and her wicker backpack? Um, Rain will send you a link. It's just a great please do. Just but great. just like, are there like, is there one person who makes wicker backpacks in Rohan 
are there multiple people? Was there like a wicker backpack fad? Do you think Eowyn made it? Like, do you think after Eowyn wore her wicker backpack, like a bunch of the village girls were like, OMG, I need a wicker backpack. Eowyn making a small (laughs) wicker backpack for Mary. Oh. Oh, And then, and then Mary can take her to all his favorite, like, mushroom hunting places. Oh, my God. In the Shire, Mary, eventually. Yeah, because Mary, Mary loves mushrooms. I, yeah. I feel like there's also so much, like, cool opportunity for, like, cultural stuff that isn't really touched upon. Like, I, like you know, like, the Victorian flower language? I want the, or, mm-hmm. like, court, um... Not like old-timey. Fan. Court fan language. I want that with, like, the little decorative beads that dwarfs have in their beards. Like, what do the different beads mean? Like, what do you convey with those? Yeah. And, like, what are... What is... I, I guess the... I want, like, the, like, comedy of manners for, like, every Lord of the Rings setting and, like, you know, courtly intrigue. Also, has anybody written like a fic where Gimli is sending Legolas like very clear signals with his beard beads and Legolas just has no idea. Fuck, he doesn't know what that means. Literally every time Gimli knows he's gonna say Legolas he puts in the beads and like braiding pattern that is like hello I am single and extremely available and he is just like flaunting himself flagrantly <laughs> and Legolas has no idea. Like a, like a tropical bird like Jesus Gimli. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I there's so much interesting, and I think Tolkien actually does, we've talked about this, like, ad nauseum in our podcast, like, he does do interesting things with, like, the meeting of cultures, but I specifically, like, for my own enjoyment, what, like, the, like, c- like, the comedy and awkwardness of, like, flirting across cultural boundaries, and, like, how does that work, and, like, mm-hmm. all of the, like, awkward misunderstandings that ensue. Going out to dinner with, like, an elf would be so stressful. Yeah. It'd be like, this food is dog shit, no matter where you went. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I feel like it would be that moment of like, oh god, I have never realized until this exact moment, but somehow I eat disgustingly. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the, the process of me eating is revolting somehow. I didn't know it until now, but mm-hmm. it clearly is. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that scene we talked about pretty recently with Faramir, like, where Frodo and Sam are, you know, spend like a night at his camp right and they bring out like a basin of water that sounds to, like, so euphemistic i'd like to spend a night at his <laughs> camp <laughs> sorry <Okay>. um <laughs> and anyways they bring out a basin of water to like wash their hands before eating and sam like dunks his head in because he's sleepy oh. and trying to stay awake but there's like there's, you know, and then before the meal or after, there's some, like, ritual and, you know, that Frodo and Sam are unfamiliar with and and an interesting thing there. But, yeah, if, like, if we had more of that with flirting, what do you What do you think the euphemisms are in Middle Earth? Like, I want to know, like, how people colloquially refer to, like, boning down, but also, like, discreetly asking if someone is gay like you know like the joke about the like are you and then you kind of like (laughs) the hand thing yes right yeah the hand thing yes how would like how would that go down in middle earth oh gosh i feel like there would be like hobbits would have some kind of like turn of phrase about like crossing the river or something like that oh Oh. that's interesting but also like the one that immediately comes to mind about the shire is like is he a friend of bilbo's like, <laughs> oh, like, that's... Bilbo being the, like, yeah, 
I mean, oh. like Tolkien uses the word queer so many times in his so writing. Many times. So much. And and says like, oh yeah, old Mr. Bilbo always was like a queer one. And yeah, and I just think like a friend of Bilbo's is Yeah. Is is one of them. It that's very good. For whatever reason, I like the phrase that jumps out of me is like a friend of the forest. Like mm. is Legolas a friend of the forest? <laughs> I, there's got to be a lot of stuff about swords. That feels like a mm. given, though. That's you know? easy, yeah. Yeah. I want the the higher fruit than that. <laughs> well, okay, so I speaking of the higher fruit, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking in terms of elves, like, like do, does he eat of, like, the higher fruit or the... the I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? <laughs> I have a higher fruit for you. Oh, God. God. Does he forage on the other side of the forest? Oh, you two are so good at this. I'm like... Do, do, does he collect simurils? <laughs> I'm completely flabbergasted. I have nothing. <laughs> the only oh. thing I can think is like, is he a bag end? But that sounds like a slur. <laughs> oh, no, it does. Yeah, so. It does. <laughs> don't don't even post that. Yeah. Obviously there's no homophobia in Middle Earth. I mean other than what Other than Denethor. And Other than God fucking Denethor. Fucking Denethor. It is very appropriate that like Middle Earth is all, Middle Earth's only homophobe burns to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like Tur- turfs onto the pyre. <laughs> mm. Dwarf euphemisms. Also, these have all been about sexuality, but not about actually going for a role in the hay, which is Shire-like, but, like, what is the actual Shire version of that, you know? It's something about, oh, visiting the party tree? Oh. Maybe? Something like, I don't know, like, meet me in a garden path or something like that. Oh my god. You know hobbits have all sorts of, like, wonderful, cheesy, kind of, like, 1910 style love songs about, like, meeting in the garden Mm -hmm. for, like, that's just... Yes. Oh Mm -hmm. my god. Um, question for the two of you. What color would your door be in in (gasps) Hobbiton? Well, (laughs) my my door in Animal Crossing is, like, a beautiful sort of golden yellow, so maybe that... Uh, cause I feel Very like nice. that's, you know, my Animal Crossing yeah. house is sort of Hobbiton aspirational, you know? I get that. Because art imitates real life, I'm a big fan of, like, the blue do- Like, you know, everyone loves, like, a blue door. That's, that's it's the like other a, thing I was gonna thing. say. <laughs> is this a yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm there's, like, Google whole, tum- there's, like, whole right tumblers now. accounted to, or dedicated to, like, blue doors. Oh my god. I don't know why. It's just like one of those like weird aesthetic cultural touchstones that seems shared by a lot of people for reasons I don't really understand. I guess I've been living but... under a rock. Yeah. You've been living in Hobbiton, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> I think there are a lot of blue doors in Greece and maybe some other sort of Mediterranean. So there's often like a, a blue door in like white stucco and stuff. Yeah, I think very... I think blue doors are a thing in Spain too, maybe. Yeah. Um but, like, if you just Google image search blue doors, there are so many of them. And then there are also, like, collages of blue door photos. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, I don't, it's a thing. <laughs> Humans are weird. <laughs> That's amazing. 
they're good. Like it, you know, it's good to the eye to see a blue door, I think. <laughs> Kudos to whoever is making those Pinterest boards. I'm glad that you're having a nice time. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely like a hobbit sonnet about what a pleasure it is to gaze upon your love like an unexpected blue door. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Did you just have that like in the back pocket? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm saving this one for a rainy day. <laughs> I've been I've been ready. I've been re- waiting oh, well, my entire and, life okay, for my blue like, door, you know. Okay, cuz like Frodo has those like blue eyes and Sam absolutely sings towards that to him about his blue eyes and yes. Goodness. I like implanted into my brain is like actual Sean Astin talking about how like Elijah Wood has the most biggest beautiful blue eyes and that they don't work. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Wow. Lots of feelings. Joey is whipped out a pen and paper and is presumably writing poetry as we speak. No, I'm just (laughs) writing a note because I think we need to write a song about Frodo's eyes oh, being yeah. like blue doors and from Sam's yeah. perspective. Oh my God. I don't know. Someday. <laughs> Continuing our long tradition of just like dictating fan fiction on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I don't write fan fiction. I just pitch it in, you know, 30 second fragments on my podcast. <laughs> I love to, I love to earn our explicit tag. <laughs> uh. Okay. So I know that, you have you stated not a horse fan, which I think is a first for us, but we accept. <laughs> Sorry to sneak in here under false pretense. It's okay. <laughs> um, so you are allowed to pass on this question, but we do ask every guest, uh, what would your Middle Earth Middle Earth horse sona be? Wait, so like me as a horse? Yes, like if you were a, you horse, a horse in Middle Earth, like not a not a particular one that exists, but just like a kind of horse. In Middle Earth, your like horse what, OC. Yeah, what would you be yeah. your like Middle Earth? Where would horse you live? OC? What would you look like? What would your horse job be? I would do. I would be um, a self-insert knockoff of uh, Bill the Pony. Perfect. Hell would it yeah! Be the pony that like pulls the mail cart for. I the was Shire just about to say. I would. So, yeah, I would like, be the that's... the Hobbiton Pony Express. There you go. Oh, that my would God. be me. I really. I really am so charmed by this ideal of like the Hobbiton post office. Yeah. It's definitely not the first time I've thought about it before this show. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah. good. It like, it, it really is like you've, you've found the perfect intersection of like, kind of like cozy interest. It just feels fucking mm-hmm. great. I feel. Mm-hmm. I just imagine like a little two wheel cart uh, behind yes. a horse full of packages wrapped in brown craft <gasps> with colored twine. Hobbit. Hobbit postage stamps. Oh, yeah. It would oh, it would just God. be cheeses and breads, and, and they like, would be like it would be like rubber stamps. illustrations. Also, yes, I oh, love this. Yeah, Caitlin, I've talked to you before about this like post office video game. I want there to be. <laughs> I want to make it, but I don't know mm-hmm. how to make a video game. So I just want someone else to make it. Making video games um, is hard, is the thing. But imagine that. But in Hobbiton, where you're like the Shire mail carrier with the pony. Yeah, I mean, it would be a thing because there's no like addresses. And so it'd be like house with the yellow door past the party tree. And so it'd be this very gentle game of kind of like exploration and Mm -hmm. observation. 
mm-hmm. and chatting to people. Like, do you know who Frollo <laughs> is? Where does Frollo live? I would I would play the oh, hell out of that game. So I feel like there would be a lot of packages with like time expirations on them. Like, gotta get this bread oh, to yeah. where it while yeah. it's still oh, hot. Yeah. yeah, that would be so good. And then if you do if you do well, like at each stop, they invite you in for tea, and you have like tea yes. and some food. And then at the next yes. house, you have tea and well, some food. and so the the piece of like my original video game idea for this is that it's not just. Um, sorry, I have a clicky pen that I picked up, and I need to get rid of that. No, we can't, do that. <laughs> we can't not click them. Anyways, uh, where like the former like postmaster has disappeared and you are in charge of like all of this mail and getting it to where it needs to go but as you like find a good system to like organize and sort the mail and do all of this stuff you start uncovering clues to some like village mystery that maybe the postmaster's disappearance is part of maybe not but in like the shire version of this like when you have tea with people you're like gleaning bits of information from like shire gossip and all of this and it would be just like just like a low stakes like village mystery like we mentioned before (laughs) for fans of return of the obra din and the hobbit (laughs) yeah is it also a dating sim of course just why not (laughs) um and there's a mini game which is like the um like the sliding puzzles where like you have like nine packages and have to fit Mm -hmm. them into the square i also want a mini game where you stir a big pot of soup Yes. (gasps) Yes. <gasps> yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> where you have to stir things. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's it. That's another euphemism. Like, does he stir soup? Or like. <laughs> also, like that could be a like. Did they bone? Is like. Oh, like I heard. I did heard. He, did I, you stir so and so soup? That did or like? Oh, I heard they were making stew together. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so cute. Ooh. What the fuck? <laughs> Bro. Holy shit. Mm. Oh, they made stew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Hobbiton, the Hobbiton male pony. That's a fucking great job, Rain. Honestly, I think that's the best answer <laughs> we've gotten so yeah. far. It's really good. Thank you. I just want to carry the packages. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What would you what would you, what would you look like as a pony? Like is there like a particular color? Brown. Do you have like spots? Just brown. Yeah. Great. Yeah. As far as chestnut. I can tell, horses are brown. Yeah. Listen. So many of them in the movies are. There's just there's just so, so many, many of them and they're just brown. We in, in uh the most recent episode, which I don't think has come out yet, we give up and name one another fucking chestnut horse. <laughs> Another, just another brown horse. There's just so goddamn many of them. I, yeah. I mean, there's only so many colors horses can be. So, like, eventually you're going to have 30 brown horses. Yeah. And I we respect that. Yeah. That's great. We love a brown horse on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is there anything else we wanted to talk about today? If you were a horse archivist, what would you name a horse? I really like food names. Oh yeah, we did a bunch of those ones, oh, but yeah. there are more. We can do we can name a horse gravy if you want. I don't think we did that already. Love a horse. I would love no, a horse named gravy, gravy gravy and uh ceviche would be a good horse oh, name. Oh, ceviche. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, okay, that's will you great. Uh, write those down, Caitlin? Yeah, gravy and ceviche. Have you named a horse Canoodle yet? No. <laughs> okay. no. Uh, canoodle. Great. Um, Skechers is a really good horse name. Mm. Oh, that is a good Skechers. It's the horse. Um. Wow, this is a particularly great nonsense <laughs> note in my notes app. Gravy Ceviche Canoodle Skechers. How many, how many horse names Will do you Will you want? also write horse names from rain on that list so no no i won't but thank you for asking okay (laughs) i mean we i mean we i think anymore we name like 50 horses per episode um, so as many as you got take Ooh. oh that's actually really good um tupperware tupperware have you named a horse pinecone yet um no, pine cone or pine nut, depending on the horse. We I don't know why we didn't think about pine nut. We just named a bunch of horses after nut names and like ran out of nut names and it was contentious. Pine. But we could pine nut and um the pinol would be, oh, that'd be great. But I also like pine cone. Pine, pine cone is cute. We'll just have a, a string of horses where the first word is pine and as yeah. many things as we can pineapple fit after that. Pineapple. <laughs> so. Great shit. Yeah. Okay, gravy, ceviche, canoodle, sketchers, tambourine, Tupperware, pine nut, pine cone. That's beautiful. Thank you. Rain, thank you for this. Oh, gift. you're so welcome. Um, if anyone needs uh, a bunch of weird names for shit, hit me up. Excellent. And is there is there any, like, Lord of the Rings or gender things that you want to talk about? Like, this is your, your opportunity to soapbox. If you have thoughts and opinions, this is your chance to be the town crier. Um... I think that you should shave your head before you go on an adventure. Mm. Mm, yeah. Um, capes. Wear capes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of good cloaks. I always want to wear cloaks after watching Lord of the Rings. Um, hard cheeses, crusty breads tied up in squares of fabric. Mm-hmm. Letters written on thick paper. Oh my mm. god. This is just like a tone poem. I yeah. love it. <laughs> hey, after... Uh, the pandemic, can, can, Caitlin, can you and I write, we'll, we'll plan for this by writing each other letters on thick paper, but then can we take, I cannot actually do this and you know that, but I'm just fantasizing a second here. Um, can we like walk, can we take a walking trip to meet each other halfway between Nebraska and Oregon? Like, we will go on an adventure and then have a hobbit yeah. picnic at the meeting point. Yes! <laughs> if this doesn't end, if this whole fucking ordeal doesn't end with us dressed in hobbit clothes and taking pictures, then what was the fucking point? Yeah. I, I want that for the two of you. I hope it happens. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I think everyone, everyone, especially right now, could like... Everyone could benefit from like a nice little, a nice little hobbit meal and some clothes that make you feel warm and comfortable. Yeah. Taking a bite of some good bread and cheese and then handing it to your friend for them to try. Yeah. Take a bite. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I've never wanted it so badly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for um, 
podcasting with us today. Yeah. Um, what, sorry, was was that it? I sort of interrupted your tone poem. I if you. Oh have no, you were good. More, I, I, I could dissociate I on like nice you. fantasy things for for hours. Most of the podcast is just going to be us listing cheeses back and forth tonelessly for like twenty minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so where can where can people find you on the internet and like what projects should they look for from you? Um, well, my ongoing single podcast that I do is They Them Theirs on the Orange Groves Network. Uh, I'm on there with my friend Casey, and it's a lot like this podcast, but with um, less Lord of the Rings and no horses. Wow. <laughs> um, Sounds great, other than that, honestly. It's almost exactly the same. Uh, I will have a comic coming out unless... A horrible accident befalls me. Um, it'll be sometime in the next five years. It'll be whenever we're allowed to have comic conventions again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Someday. Uh, and it'll be, it's uh, gay and about feelings. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I, those, I love that, those. That's our, that, that that's genre. Our whole, that's our whole thing. <laughs> um, other than that, you can find me uh, pretty much all over the internet at small small witch you can find me on etsy at uh etsy shop slash rain and that's about it awesome nice. i don't have i don't have a lot of ongoing stuff right now because i am still trying to uh finish a bunch of things i took on in october mm, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um if our listeners are not familiar with the Orange Groves. You should be because they do so many delightful shows. They them theirs. I've been listening to Argonauts recently, which is a, just a fucking ball. Uh, lots of great stuff there. Thank you so much. This was this is like yeah. This is all I want from Shadow Facts, which is like talking with cool people about swords and sex in Middle Earth. Just the best <laughs> shit. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for our, having our new, me. Po- our new podcast. An absolute right. Swords, swords and, and sex. sex in Middle Earth. <laughs> kidding me <laughs> i love it that's everything middle school me ever thought about middle school meets middle earth the swords and sex podcast uh, <gasps> okay all right you gotta go you immediately need to go buy that website if it isn't owned already yeah <laughs> enjoy your new business venture you too thank you thank you, for having thank you me. so much thank you for listening the music you heard at the beginning was horse by horse arranged and performed by Caitlin and Joey. That's us. You can listen to it again at soundcloud.com shadowfactspod. The cover art was made by Annie Johnston Click at Dancy Naru on Twitter. I'm Caitlin, my pronouns are they, them, and you can follow me at Chalo and Behold on Twitter. You can follow the show at shadowfactspod and email your horse-related Lord of the Rings questions to shadowfactspod at gmail.com. Joining me on this journey there and back again is... Joey. My pronouns are they, he, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyThePrince. If you want to read and watch along, check the episode description for the segment we'll cover next time. This has been Shadow Facts. One horse to rule them all!
Ha, 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 ha.